Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm Eric Felton. Joined today by Ethan Epstein, Associate Editor of the Weekly Standard Magazine. Ethan, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Fine. Thank you. Well, you have our Asia beat here at the Weekly Standard. and uh, uh, Mostly for the food, but yeah. (laughs) <laughs> is that uh, mostly for Korean barbecue? Mostly for Korean, or, yes. Or sushi? Yeah, yeah. I definitely lean more towards uh, the former there. I prefer flavor in my food, so therefore I prefer Korean over the exquisite subtleties of Japanese cuisine. Now, part of uh, the conflict between Korea and Japan cuisine was <laughs> was actually an item in this week's presidential trip to Asia. Do tell. Yeah, very good. We did not plan that segue, by the way. Um, so after uh, after his visit to Japan, Donald Trump went to Seoul uh, for one night. He just spent two days in Japan. This was the source of much chagrin in Korea that he was only spending one day in Korea versus two in their old rival Japan. So the Japanese government came up with, or I'm sorry, the Korean government came up with a kind of hilarious trolling maneuver uh, <laughs> at the dinner that they fed to, to Trump. They had some shrimp. And it turns out that those shrimp were from Tokdo, which are the uninhibited rocks that lie between Korea and Japan that are fiercely disputed between the two countries. So, of course, the Japanese were particularly uh, predictably outraged, and uh, I was tickled by it. I thought it was quite a funny jab in the eye of their old colonial masters. Well, so a week ago, we got together to talk here on the Daily Standard podcast about uh, President Trump's trip to Asia, and at that point he had he had only been to Japan. Right. Um, so next on the agenda was Seoul, Korea. Yep. Where there was the uh, the trolling of shrimp, <laughs> and, and also an address to the uh, to the National Assembly. And uh, how did that go? It received very well. A couple of standing ovations, multiple rounds of applause. It was actually a very um, it was a very good speech, actually. Uh, it was praised lavishly in the Korean me- Korean media. He he praised South Korea in pretty personal and uh, uh, passionate tone, and also um, really talked about the nature of the North Korean regime. Uh, made a sort of comprehensive case about why that regime is a blight on the world. So that that was a good visit. The New York Times pointed out that um, much of this trip was very disciplined and untrumpian. Um, and that speech in Seoul, perhaps an example of what the New York Times had in mind, followed at the end of the trip with um, a blast of Twitter. And uh, the, the tweet storm included insults heaved over at North Korea's ruler. Of course, it just occurred to me that that could be because Twitter is blocked in China. And perhaps it might be blocked in Vietnam, too. I'm not sure. I haven't been there in a while. Uh, so maybe he wasn't actually able to tweet, and there was some little kid back in Washington writing the professional tweets. But then as soon as he got to the Philippines and he was able to tweet freely again, he let it all hang out. No, yeah, he he uh, he he didn't call Kim Jong-un short and fat. He just said he could call him short and fat on Twitter, which was kind of a— If he weren't being so nice. Precisely. Exactly. Trying to be exactly. so friendly. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it was we, there was a sort of nine— it was less, it was quiet, a little too quiet for for nine straight days, and then he uh, he returned to form at the end. So, also on the the president's agenda was the Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation meeting in Vietnam. The president talked down multilateral trade agreements. It didn't seem that that is thwarting the countries of the Pacific Rim from going about multilateral trade agreements on their own. No. So he gave a speech uh, where he 
decried what he called the abusive trade practices that the United States has been subjected to. And of course, one of the first actions he took when he became president was to uh, withdraw the U.S. from the mooted uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership, which the 11 other countries are going to continue on with full speed ahead. Um, uh, so he, you know, he basically removed the U.S. from something that is going to happen anyway. It didn't actually unravel the deal, though, of course, the American presence in it would would make it a much stronger trade agreement, just given our sheer economic might. Not only a stronger trade agreement, but uh, does is there any sense that the White House recognizes that they're ceding power in the region to China by opting out of being a part of the Trans-Pacific Partnership? I mean, no. I mean, this is sort of a persistent critique of Trumpism on the global stage is that if you take the America First perspective, what they call the America First perspective, it's not as if you're really protecting the American position because you're ceding global leadership. Particularly on a case giving up soft power, big time, and China is moving. I mean, the thing about TPP was it purposefully excluded China, so the idea was that it was actually going to be sort of a bulwark against Chinese influence. But now that it's been so, uh, I don't want to say irrevocably because we could go back in, but it's been weakened significantly by the U.S. pulling out. That's clearly a win for Beijing. All right, and then the other destination was the Philippines, and uh, what was the uh, the controversy there? Well, the controversy um, is that the leader of the Philippines, the 72-year-old uh, Rodrigo Duterte, um, is actually a self—I was going to say self-confessed, but he's actually proud of it. He's a self-proclaimed murderer. <laughs> he's, he killed people when he was a teenager. He, When he was the mayor of a, a pretty large city in the Philippines, he presided over a crackdown on the drugs, the drug trade that resulted in the deaths of thousands. He's linked to death squads. I mean, he's— He's sort of a thuggish guy and proud of it. And uh, Trump apparently did not really raise these issues of human rights or democracy when he was there, uh, which you would expect an American leader to do. And what's more, they seem to have established a kind of bonhomie, uh, which, uh, you know, some people can find disturbing given the apparent character of this guy. Well, the president on his way back to the U.S., where he will be in regular Twitter <laughs> communication with the nation he will we but get, 200 get your phones up everybody 280 yep. character that's true he's twitter. coming he's coming back to a whole new twitter a whole new twitter I, and it looks like the new twitter may sap the president of his twitter vitality you know the, i think the the shorter form was really made for him he really excelled in that i agree and i i don't know if he'll be able to pull off the more soliloquy like uh tw <laughs> tweets Ethan Epstein, thanks for joining us on The Daily Standard. Thank you. That's it for The Daily Standard Podcast. I'm Eric Felton. Catch you next time.